We're in 2019. It's a new year. There's new beginnings. There's new things happening. Now, I know some of you are sitting there going, yep, this is the problem. This is the whole problem with the whole resolution. This is the whole problem with the whole new year. It's the whole problem with all of it. Is that you think that because the calendar year ticked over, that all of a sudden I'm supposed to be happy. All of a sudden I'm supposed to be excited. All of a sudden I'm supposed to be all pumped up. And I'm telling you, no. You should be all pumped up and all excited because you get to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's given you another year to be able to share your faith with other people, to see other lives changed, to see hope brought to those who are hopeless, to see those who are broken restored, to see God do something. Listen, you have the King of kings and the Lord of lords as believers, as followers of Jesus living inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit activated in your life to where you can do greater things. Come on, what God has for you and for me... It's something greater than you could ever imagine or guess or request beyond your wildest dreams. But he's not going to do it by pushing you around. He's not going to walk off the stage like me and finally, you know, see if I can finally get something out of you. No, he, what Jesus is going to do is he's going to work on the inside of you. And here's what I know is um, last week even the Lord gave me just a word through someone else. Because I believe that the Lord doesn't just speak through Pastor Brian. I believe he speaks through other people. And Someone came up to me after the first gathering and, and uh, said, Pastor Brian um, and Kasha was there and I, I just, I feel like I have a word for you for, from the Lord and I was down on the altars and the Lord just told me two things. And the first thing that he told me is he said, I really feel like the Lord said that the opposition that still is standing there and is, is coming against what God is trying to do here at Bethany is that they have to go through him first. And so I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to worry as a leader. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll receive that. That's a good word. I'll receive that. The second one was this, is that there's some spiritual strongholds that have been present in our church for a long time. In fact, when I think back to my three years, just three years that I've been here, three years, three years that I've been here at Bethany, when I think back to that three years, I've seen that spirit I've seen different things. We've called some of it out. We talked about a Jezebel spirit and talked about that, that whole spirit of control and different things. I think, I think we, we, we have some things that were some, some spiritual attacks, some things that are happening. And this was the word that they gave. They said, just, just like you've been calling it out in the spiritual and there's been this spiritual breakthrough, that the carpet downstairs is a physical representation of the spiritual condition. And I want you to hear this this morning. That the physical... The carpet down there, the physical representation, pulling it. I mean, I'm telling you, that carpet does not want to come up. Like, it is in there. We're using jackhammers to get that carpet. I'm not joking. Jackhammers to get the carpet up so we can just get enough. Just, just this much. That's all we need. Just that much so we can hook the machine up and we can pull it out. But just to get even that much, this last elementary, I mean, we are jackhammer. We, we literally killed a jackhammer. Literally killed it. Like, it stopped working. We've been through multiple motors on uh, wenches down there. I mean, it is like, and people come and they, and they come and they help and they're like, oh my goodness, is this how the whole lower level's been? Yes, it is. But this is what's exciting in my heart. I hope you hear this and sense this because I really felt like that was a word from the Lord is that, listen, that carpet is going. 
And just like that physical carpet is leaving, as is, is tough as it is, as much work as it's taking, is I believe that there's going to be a spiritual breakthrough in 2019 that we've never heard of, we haven't experienced, and there is going to be some things that are going to break loose finally in this church that I believe is going to change not only Bethany, but it's going to change our entire city, our entire county. I believe that God has a great awakening that he has. And I believe that if we'll do the hard work, and I told the staff this, and, and I've been telling the staff this, is, listen, every bit of that carpet is coming up. We're not leaving any of it. Because, listen, you can't leave spiritual junk in your life and think that just, and this isn't even in my message, but listen, you can't leave just a little bit of spiritual unhealth. See, you, you can talk all day long about how much you love Jesus, you can stand in front of people, you can do all these things, but listen, if you have areas of your heart and your life that are not being dealt with, it will eventually take you out. And I believe even in our church that we have been in this moment of spiritual, just there, there's a spiritual breakthrough that's coming, but with anything that takes work, any, any great outpouring, there is stuff that has to happen. And I'm telling you, it's, it's not gonna be done just through the physical. It's gonna be done through prayer. It's gonna be done through us checking our hearts. I mean, look throughout the scriptures and you can see individuals all throughout the scripture who dealt with certain areas in their life and yet by all means, people would have looked at them and said, oh man, they got it all together. Everything's good in there. I mean, when Saul was anointed king, no one would have looked at Saul and said, man, you know, Saul, like, you know, they, everyone thought, man, he's, he's got it all together. Like Saul, like he's the man, like he's, he's the king we've always wanted, all these different things. But, but it's interesting, and I've been reading this book called The Father's Heart, and in it he talks about the Saul syndrome. And it's really interesting because in there he says the Saul syndrome basically boils down to this, is like Saul didn't believe who he was in God. And because he didn't believe who he was in God, he allowed fear to creep in. And that fear then became fear of man. And then it just led into all these other things and pride and all this other junk. And then we see Saul being completely taken out of the whole picture. In fact, God removed his hand from him. And I think about Bethany, and here's the thing. I believe that spiritually, we are coming into a season of incredible, incredible breakthrough. I believe that with all my heart. And so when I come on, I say, man, welcome to 2019. It's because there is an expectancy in my heart as to what God is doing in 2019. We've been working hard. We've been doing great things for three years. But listen, what God has for us is beyond anything we could ever imagine or guess or request. I know I said that earlier, but I need you to hear it. And it's going to be beyond your wildest dreams. But it's going to be God doing it in and through us. And so I'm excited. There, literally, when the calendar year broke over this year, I just felt like this breakthrough that happened inside of me. I was like, all right, God, I'm ready. And listen, I, I understand the whole New Year's resolution. I understand it's a new year, it's a new time, all those things. I know it's a, it's a time to reflect, but listen, we celebrated 75 years this past year. That was amazing. But I'm celebrating the next 75 years. 
I'm celebrating the next 140 years. I'm celebrating the next should Jesus tarry years that you and I have opportunity to share our faith with other people. Because here's what I know. Our community is hurting. I think of the story I heard this week of an 11-year-old boy from Hudson who commits suicide. 11 years old. And I think of a family that's breaking, hearts are breaking, siblings and students and classmates. I'm telling you, man, this, this, I, I know we think we can come in here and we can shelter ourselves, but I'm telling you, there is hurting people around. And I think about what's going on in the lower level, and I think about that whole area, and I think about, you know what? That area is being created as an environment for an 11-year-old boy to encounter who Jesus Christ is so that hope can begin to rise in his heart and his life and so that he doesn't at 11 years old think there's no more hope and hang himself. That's why that matters. It's not just about creating an environment that's cool and hip and all that stuff. Will it be that? Yes. But it's, not, it's so that kids can encounter Jesus. And here's what I know. When parents bring their kids into an environment that has the oldest carpet, and it's all, it's all old and everything's, they're, they're not going to leave their kids. So I'm trying to take away as many roadblocks out of the way so that an 11-year-old boy can actually receive Jesus Christ and hope can begin to flood his heart and his life. And he can then be raised in an environment where he can encounter Jesus because one encounter with Jesus, one, can change everything. So yeah, 2019 brings with it physical representation, but as well as spiritual. So there's new flooring going in. There's new lighting going in. I mean, there's new walls being torn down. <laughs> there, there is new things happening all around us. But here's what's crazy is, is literally, and I even think about this, many of us don't even recognize what's happening below us. It's like you come in every week. It's like, oh, it's the same. But yet there is an undercurrent that's happening. And there's even an undercurrent even in this physical building right now that is happening. And there's remodeling happening. There's stuff and it's hard work and, and, and people are coming together and there's unity that's happening. And you know what I know about the enemy is the enemy is not laying down on the side and going, oh, so excited about what's happening at Bethany. Let's just make sure it continues to happen. Oh, those people who are given towards the faith move, man, let's just, let's, let's, just, let's just take off the attacks on their life. No, here's what I think the enemy's doing. The enemy's like, we gotta do something to make sure that what I see coming doesn't happen. So go after the people's finances. Go after these things. And you know what's so fantastic about having a relationship with Christ is there's a covering that comes over our life and God comes in and he's like, listen, I got you. I got you. Don't worry about your circumstances. I got you. Don't worry about what's going on in your life. Look, I got you. But it's going to take some discipline. It's going to take some work for us. And so here we are, six days in to 2019. And here's my question. How are you doing? Do you? Have an excitement in your heart at what God's doing in your marriage. Listen, I know this. My marriage in 2019 is going to be, it's going to go to a whole other level. 
I'm believing that. I'm believing that Kosh and I are gonna go to a whole new level in our marriage. Now, is it gonna take work? Yes. Is it gonna take investment? Yes. Like, all, like that's gonna happen. I'm watching my boys go to a whole nother level in their relationship with the Lord. We're, we're at like parenting 3.0 now. We're kind of going down the, down the stage a little bit. Boys got into it this week. Got into it. Started throwing punches. Gabe only has one hand. He's still throwing punches. I'm, I'm here working. Of course the enemy's going to come in. Of course he's going to try to do all these different things. Kasha comes walking into the house. The boys are upstairs. Friends are over. Everything. Everything gets crazy. They start punching. Let anger rule their hearts. Josiah goes running away from Gabe and after they've been punching each other and Josiah has the look of crazy in him and just all this, Josiah trips, boom, falls right through my wall. I'm not talking about just a little bit. I'm talking big old Josiah print in my wall. No drywall, boom, all right in there. Kasha calls me on the phone. She's like, Brian, she's like, I don't even know what to do. I'm so angry right now. So I told the boys to go in the room and just sit there and not say anything can you come home? And I'm like, all right, dad's coming. I've been working down in the lower level. My testosterone is at a whole nother level. As I'm driving home, no joke, as I'm driving home, I just said, God, what would you want me to do? And he said, just be, just be calm, Brian. And just tell him two things. One, you're disappointed with them. And two, You've taught them differently. So I sat him down in the room and I said, listen, boys, I'm disappointed in you. There's nothing that I could tell you right now that you don't already know. Because I've trained you. Your mom and I have been intentional since you were young boys. So I'm disappointed because you've chosen something differently. But I need you to know this, that I still love you. And I said, all I'm asking for you to do is to write a letter to me and your mom. I didn't ground them. I didn't spank them. I didn't punish them. I didn't do any of this. You know why? Because right now where we're at in our stage is I can no longer allow my boys to make decisions based upon just what mom and dad say. They need to make decisions based upon what they know. And so we're at this next stage of parenting right now where it's like you're going to make these decisions. And so they wrote us letters. And man, I was so proud. I read those letters and I was just like, good job, Brian and Kasha. <laughs> and then I was like, and thank you, God. Because ultimately, it's been the Lord that's been doing that. And so we're at a whole other level. It's a whole other stage. And so here we are. We're processing through these things and we're coming into this new season. Because why? Because there's new disciplines that need to be developed in our lives. There's, there's new ways of thinking that need to happen. Some of you have some stinking thinking. And in 2019, you need to get rid of the stinking thinking. You need to get rid of it. Stop looking at everything through those negative filters. I don't like this. I don't like this. Listen, your filter is tainting your view. And it doesn't matter how much scripture you know, if your filter is still that filter, you are going to continue to see those things like that. 
Allow God to remove that filter. Allow something new to awaken inside of you. It's a new year. It's a new time to believe. It's a new time to decree. It's a time for you and I to say, listen, God has better things in my life than what I've been experiencing right now. And even if 2018 was the most incredible year ever, I believe 2019 can be even better. So let's dig in. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Paul challenges us. Paul challenges us to, in many ways, kind of ditch our spiritual ADD. And he challenges us to focus in on one thing. He says, brothers, in verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. He's like, listen, I don't have this all together. I don't have it all figured out. But he says, but one thing. But one thing I do. But one thing I press in, but one thing in the midst of all the circumstances that are going on around me, listen, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. He's positioning himself in a forward momentum position to move. Forgetting what lies behind. It doesn't mean that what lies behind hasn't been good. It doesn't mean that it's negative. It just says, listen, I just, I'm, that, that's not where my focus is. My focus is not on the past. My focus is on the future. My focus is on where God's leading me. My focus is, is going ahead. It's moving ahead. And so he says, I press on toward the goal. What's the goal? says, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's reminding us. The, the goal, the goal is the upward call. It, it's, it's the call to, to make disciples. It's the call to, to reach the lost. It's the call to press ahead. Listen, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Here's the big idea for today, and put it this way, I want you to do something about one thing instead of doing nothing about everything. Do something about one thing instead of doing nothing about everything. Here's what I, here's what I found through my life, I've seen this in others, is that we try to do everything, and in trying to do everything, we do Nothing. But those who really focus in, I've got laser focus on that lower level right now. I'm telling you, there's not much that can distract me right now from getting that lower level done. Unless the Lord said, Brian, I want you to pause and I need you to wait, that's the only thing that is gonna keep me right now from accomplishing that lower level. So I'm working, I'm calling the guys in, there's ladies who are coming in. Listen, we, it is all hands on deck I am focused on that one thing. That lower level will be done, and that lower level will be an environment for kids to encounter Jesus. And then the Lord uses a story. He doesn't cause the story, but he uses a story of an 11-year-old boy in our own community to fire up this pastor once again to say, listen, the next generation matters. Reaching the next generation matters. You gotta do something about one thing instead of doing nothing about everything. 
This last year I read a book uh, called The One Thing by Gary Keller. He's the owner of Remax and all that Remax uh, realty company and everything. And, and in his book, The One Thing, he talks about this. He says the, the key to success is figuring out your one most important thing in your business, your career, your life. And he says then going after that for the long run. He says this is, this is where you and I create a someday goal. And once you've figured out that someday goal, you identify how many dominoes you need to line up in order to knock it down so you can achieve it. So here's what he's saying. This is the one thing. This is the one thing. That if, if I could accomplish this in, in my life right here, this one thing, and then you, then you look back and you go, what are the things that have to line up in order to happen? So in 2019, what is the one thing you're looking for in 2019? If this could happen in 2019 right here, this one thing, if that could happen, I would say 2019 was amazing if this one thing happened. And then, then you look back at it and you create the dominoes. And you guys know what I'm talking about, dominoes, you know. You, you take a little domino and one domino hits another domino and it causes them to continue to go. What you may not realize, well, I, I, you know, I love showing illustrations, and I was going to actually create the illustration, but then I found this video online by this really cool hip guy, and um, like this guy is so cool. He is, uh, he's the coolest of cool, and uh, watch this. He's going to talk about the domino effect for a minute, and um, I think you're going to be really inspired by this young, cool, hip guy. Watch this. Everybody knows about playing with dominoes, but what you may not know is that a domino can knock over another domino, which is about one and a half times larger. So what I have here is a chain of dominoes. Each one is one and a half times larger than the previous one. And the smallest domino is about five millimeters high and one millimeter thick. And I will carefully place it. And there are 13 dominoes, and the largest domino it weighs about 100 pounds and is more than a meter tall. Ready? Boom. That was 13 dominoes. If I had 29 dominoes, the last domino would be as tall as the Empire State Building. Okay, so 29 dominoes. Think about that, starting from that little tiny domino. And look at the effect. And I, I was just joking. He's not young, cool, and hip. But I just, I couldn't think of, like, I don't know. Anyways, he reminds me of, like, the typical, I don't want to say anything. And it's just, I just love it when it, when it falls down. He's like, and he just does that. But, but here's the thing I want you to focus on. It wasn't, it wasn't the size but it was simply the right placement that caused the chain reaction to continue to happen. See, some of us, we look at the goal and where we wanna go, and we go, there's no way I could ever accomplish that. But if you could focus in on just one thing, it would then have the domino effect to where all the things that are even bigger could then be taken down. Think about that, 29 dominoes later, 29 things later, 
It's the size of the Empire State Building. See, some of us, we look at things and we go, man, there's just, there's just too much. There's, there's too much. There, there's just too much in order to accomplish that. And so we never focus in on one thing. What we do is we just, we just want to focus in on everything. I'm telling you, in order to see things fall right into place, you've got to focus in. You've got to get in and say, you know what? This is, I'm narrowing my focus down. I'm going to focus in on this one thing. Now, is it just because it's, it's simpler? Is it because it's easier? No, it's actually harder. It's harder to focus in on that one thing. Because here's what I, I'll say this. I think for many of us, doing the same thing every day has created this normal, natural direction for our life. And what has happened is we've become very comfortable. We're in the same old thing. We're doing the same old thing every day. We eat the same old food. We have the same experience every day. Like, you could watch some of us, and our lives are completely the same each and every day. And we think that somehow staying in the normal, everyday routine is going to actually bring about a transformation. But I'm telling you, the transformation comes when you and I, I'm not saying just get rid of all organization. I'm talking about allowing God to transform some things in your life by focusing in on just one thing. What is one thing in 2019 that I want to see changed in my life? What's just one thing? And do something about one thing instead of doing nothing about everything. Spiritual transformation can happen in your life and in my life if we'll just focus in on one thing. God, what is one thing? One thing this year, 2019, that you want to do in me? What's just one thing? What's one thing in 2019 that you want to do in me? Proverbs chapter 4 reminds us that God is a God of wisdom, and if we'll ask him then what God will do is he'll begin to speak to our hearts. He'll guard our hearts. It says this, in the midst of your heart. It says, um, in the midst of your heart, in the midst of what God is doing inside of your heart, there's, there's a process. There's a spiritual transformation that God wants to do inside of you and inside of me. And from there, what happens is, is it continues to go on. That The scriptures go on to say that in the midst of the heart, that there are life in the heart. There's life in there to those who find them and their health to all their bodies. And then he says this, to watch over though my heart with all diligence, for from it flows the spring of life. So literally, God, would you please guard my heart? Would you look over my heart? Because inside of my heart is where everything begins to flow from. See, every day we are taking steps towards reflecting Christ. Every day you and I are taking steps in that relationship with him. And it's this spiritual formation that God is doing. There's a spiritual formation that's happening in our church. There's a spiritual formation that's happening in your life. There's a spiritual formation that requires steps for you and I to begin to allow that transformation to take place. Here's one of the things I've realized through the years about transformation is in order for transformation to take place, there has to be submission. Submission, by definition, is the act of submitting to the authority or control of another. Now listen, we don't like to submit to others, do we? Let's just be honest. We don't like the idea of, of an act of submitting to the authority or the control of another. And, and I hate it when they use a definition, you know, use a word of the definition. So here we go. To submit, by definition, is this, is to yield 
to governance or authority, to yield oneself to authority or the will of another, to permit oneself to be subjected to something. And a lot of people are like, I have freedom in Christ. I don't have to be subjected to anyone. But yet, all throughout the scriptures, we see God aligning and putting in a spiritual authority in our lives and, and really aligning our entire church in a way, and in, ti- in fact, our, our lives in a way to where we submit to what God is doing, the will of God, what God is doing around us and through us. This act of submission is a covering of protection. Now think about an umbrella for a moment. An umbrella is meant to protect you from the rain. It's to protect you from the elements. If it's during the summer and you're using it and it's sunny outside, it'll protect you from the sun rays. It's there, it's, it's a covering that offers protection. And can I just say, I believe submission is actually a covering that comes over our lives. When I first came here to Bethany, I had to begin realizing of, of what it means to submit. I was working on it already in my own life, but just due to the nature of, of the circumstances here at Bethany, I had to submit to the board that was there here at Bethany. And it was, it was a moment in the beginning where I felt like I was dealing with the sins of another and I was, I was answering to some of those things, but I had to submit to what was happening in there. And you know what? It was a process for me. I didn't like it. It wasn't something that I was like, oh man, I'm just so excited about some of the unhealth and things. But you know what I had to realize was is God has placed a group of men here at Bethany who were leading this church at that point in time. And they were leading and saying, God, what do you have next for us in this season? And so I had to submit myself into that covering And you know what happened is when that submitting happened, there was a covering that came place and all of a sudden, things broke loose. All of a sudden, trust began getting built. All of a sudden, the things began to change around this church and really, it all happened in a moment of submitting. I'm telling you, like, submission is a covering of protection. Those in scripture who submitted to God's plan and delegated authority experienced unimaginable blessings. But those who struggled with pride and fear found themselves not experiencing God's best. My marriage is an example of submission, and it glorifies God. There are times where I submit to Kasha, and Kasha submits to me. Why? Because we're one. I don't just say this is what I want and that's the only thing that matters. No, I submit even my own desires and even my own things to Kasha. Because why? Because I love her. Because we're one. Because we're on the same team. Like it's Kasha and I. Like we're, we, we, we're doing this thing together. And one day our kids are going to leave us. We know that. And so I want to make sure that her and I are good. Because it's important that her and I make it. And I'll say this. I'm sorry, Kasha, if there have been times where it seems like I've allowed other things to be more important than you and me. And I know that in moments in my own life, I've even put the church and other things ahead. But as we have continued to move forward, we're growing and we're learning and we're submitting. And the beauty of it is, is that it's allowing protection and a covering to happen in our lives. And I'm just... 
I couldn't be any more excited than to be doing this with you. So that book I've been reading, The Father's Heart, talks about how um, so many times we just, we struggle because we don't recognize the Father's heart because some of us have had good fathers and some of us had bad fathers. And basically the whole premise of it is, is that God is a good father <laughs> and that because he's a good father, we have allowed though our father image to actually play out how we think God is. And yet God is a very, very good, good father. And what he talks about is how that has created wounds in different people's lives because they've allowed those wounds of fathers and, and lack of all that kind of stuff happening. He says to actually create these wounds inside of us that when left undealt with actually are disastrous. And he just walks through the whole thing. If you, if you want to read it, it's a good book. It's by Floyd McClune. Floyd McClune, if you're uh, wondering. It's Floyd McClune. There's just some really good pieces in there, but... But he talks about all these different things in there. And one of the things um, that he talks about is he says, uh, when you and I think of great spiritual leaders and men and women, what we see as a common trait in most of those leaders is they have submitted themselves to the Father's heart. They've submitted themselves to the Father's. It's not about them. It's not about their own desires. It's about the Father's heart. And he says, he, he talks about how in the book he, he goes on and says, that if we would allow the Father's heart to play out inside of our lives, then it would transform not only our lives, but our marriages. It would transform our communities. It would transform the churches we're a part of. Because he says what would happen is, is we would recognize that he is a good, good father. And because it'd be more than just a song we sing that he's a good, good father, we would actually believe it. He says you would begin to think differently about actually who you are. As I was reading the book, I began realizing, man, there's just some things inside of me that, I mean, I, I've had a pretty decent father. My dad's a good man. He loves Jesus. He's very giving. He's, I mean, like, he's just, he's on all these different things. But, but I, when I really look back, there have been some times in my life where I have actually taken my viewpoint of my own dad and placed that viewpoint on God. And what I've realized has been, man, that, that right there is not healthy. <laughs> I've, got, I've got to process through some of that. And it may feel like a little bit right now, like you're sitting here and you're going, man, well, Pastor Brian, like, what, what are you saying? I, I'm saying this, let God do one thing in you this year in 2019. Just one thing. And at the end of 2019, look back at it and go, man, I became more like the Father in 2019. And I believe that if you'll do that, that you'll actually see God do something in you that maybe you thought you could, or maybe you thought couldn't happen because you look at it and go, There's, that's just too big of a thing. But if you, just, if you just hit the first domino over, then what it can have is a ripple effect. Do something about one thing instead of nothing about everything. Back to Philippians Paul finishes up after he talks about this one thing. He says, brothers, do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies ahead, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to say this, though. He says, let those of us who are mature think this way. Can I just say, some of you have been serving Jesus a long time. 
those of us who are mature need to begin thinking this way. And if any of you think otherwise, then you need to say, God, would you reveal it to me as well? And what Paul is saying is, God will then reveal that to you also. And then he says, Paul goes on to say, only let us hold true to what we've obtained. Let us hold true to the things we've learned. Let us hold true to the things we've experienced. Brothers, join in imitating me. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. He goes on to say, for many of us whom I have often told you, now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, let's back up. Go, go back one verse for me, if you would, on there. Brothers, join in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. What is Paul telling us? He's saying, listen, there are people around us who've been imitating. They've been following Jesus for a while. They, they've been trusting Jesus for a while. He's like, keep your eyes on them. And then look what he says. For many of them, I've often told you, and now I'll tell you, what is he, why is he saying with tears? Because his heart is breaking that those who call themselves a part of the body of Christ, those who call themselves believers, have actually now walked as enemies of the cross of Christ. He goes on to say their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. Their glory is in their shame and with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship, this is the hope, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will what? Transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. What is Paul telling us? Paul is talking about transformation that can happen in our lives. Paul's encouraging us and he's telling us, but watch, watch, because some around us actually will align themselves as enemies of the cross. Now, I, we don't know if those people would even know that, but here's what I've seen in the church. Now, I'm not talking about Bethany in particular. I'm just talking about the church in general. I have seen people who say they love Jesus with all their heart, but yet tear down the church. And here's the thing. I don't, that doesn't make sense. Because the church is the bride of Christ. And if it's the bride of Christ and the whole idea of marriage is, is two becoming one, that means the church is, the, it, the, it's the bride of Christ. And so when you look at the church and you tear the church down, you're looking at Jesus and tearing him down. You can't look at me and say, Pastor Brian, like, I don't like your wife. She drives me crazy. She da 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 I'm not going to look at you and go, okay, well, that's just her. That's not me. I'm going to look at you and be like, if you say that about my wife, you're saying that about me. Because why? Because the two have become one. We've entered into a covenant, a relationship, a marriage. It's a covenant between Kasha and I and God. And so when you say things about her, you're saying things about me. So when you say things about the church, and this is what I see. I see people say things about the church. Well, well, I'm just trying to transform the church. I'm just trying to do this. Can I just tell you, that's not your responsibility. Let God do that. God is transforming the church. Your citizenship is in heaven. And from that, you then await a savior, the Lord Jesus. Who will what? Who will transform. It's God who will do it. It's God doing it around us. 
Now, last year, my, my word for the year, my one word, was focus. It's interesting because as I was really praying about that and looking back and reflecting on last year, I was like, all right, God, focus. And, and throughout the year, there were moments where I did really well with focus, and other times I didn't do as well with focus. But, man, I, we finished the year out, and I was like, I was focused, laser focused. We're going to get this lower level done. It is going to happen and so we have been, I've been committed, it's been like I've been focused in on that one thing happening. And as I was preparing for my message this week, one of the things that the Lord really spoke to my heart, is, said, Brian, this past year was a year of focus for you, but I'm asking for you to actually set a goal for what you want to become in 2019. I want you to take the one word idea and take it to a whole other level. Because see, last year it was like, well, the focus, that's my word, but if I become it or maybe just experience it, you know. But the Lord this year said, Brian, I, w- I want you to do this personally and I want you to challenge the church. And so some of you right now, you've come in, you're, you're familiar with the one word process and how we've done it the past few years. You, you're, you're like, man, I know what my one word is gonna be. And can I just challenge you to maybe rethink that for a moment? And here's the reason why. Because I believe that if you do something about one thing, what will happen is, is you'll see God do something amazing in your life. But it's about you becoming, not you doing. See, for me, that word focus could happen. Like, it was kind of a becoming, but also a doing. And the Lord challenged me and said, Brian, I want you, I want you to really think about this about what you do, or excuse me, this concept about the one word for this year isn't about what you do, but it's about who you are becoming. So here's a two-step process for this year, for 2019. The first is this. What kind of person, and I want you to write this down, what kind of person do I want to become in 2019? What kind of person do I want to become in 2019? What's the one thing? What, what kind of person do I want to become in 2019? And I've been asking the Lord, I've been saying, okay, God, like what, what's my one word? And the Lord hasn't given it to me yet. And he said, Brian, I, you got to answer these questions. What kind of person do you want to become? What kind of husband do you want to become? What kind of leader do you want to become? What kind of father do you want to become? What is it? And, and, and write it out. And so I'm going to challenge you. This is kind of like homework. I, normally we don't give homework, but here we go, homework. This week, ask the Lord, God, would you, would you begin to help me and really sit down and say, this is who I want to become in 2019. And then here's step two. I want you to list the characteristics of that person. So just begin listing them out. Just start writing all the characteristics out. The person you want to become. Write all those characteristics out. Because what will happen is, is if you'll list those characteristics out, and you'll focus on that one thing, it will force clarity. And enforcing clarity, it will focus your effort. 
So it'll force clarity, which will then focus your effort. Because what will happen is, is you'll be going after just one thing. Not all these other things. It's like one thing. This is who I want to become in 2019. And then this week, I'm going to ask you to pray about that one word. Because once you've got, once you know this is who I want to become in 2019, and then once you have all these characteristics in there, then I want you to really pray about it and say, God, what is that one word? What's that one thing right now that for 2019, this is going to be my reminder of who I'm trying to become? And then this rest of this year, I want you, I want you to write it out. If you've got to write it on your mirror, what, I love this. Kasha is always writing on the mirror and, and in, in our bathroom, she's always putting all these things up there, and it's like, Brian, you got this. I love you. All these different things she's putting up there, encouragement. She writes scripture verses, and she just uses what a dry erase marker and puts it up there on the mirror. She's always writing things. And for some of us, man, maybe you need to write that word out there. And then throughout the year, it's going to be really intentional about, listen, this is who I'm becoming in 2019. This is, this is, this is the one thing. If I could do this one thing, then it could change everything. And then what I'm excited about is I believe that at the end of 2019, if we'll focus on that one thing, we'll, we will have experienced a domino effect of things falling down in our lives that we never thought could ever happen because we just focused on one thing. So just do one thing. Who do you want to become in 2019? Let's be intentional. Maybe, maybe some of you are sitting here this morning and you're, you're thinking in your mind, Pastor Brian, like, I, I'm okay. Like, I, I mean, I don't need a goal. I'm, I'm okay with whoever I become. No, no, let's be intentional about who we become in 2019. What are the characteristics? What's the one thing that would change everything? And then next Sunday... What we're going to do is we're going to come together. And I believe God's going to have given you that one word after you've gone through those questions. And there's that sign outside. And what we're going to do is everyone's going to write on the outside of that their one word. We're all going to write our one word out on that. And it'll be a cool thing for next week. But, but I want you this week to really, I want you to look at those questions. Who, who do I want to become in 2019? What are the characteristics of that person? And then ask the Lord, God, what is, what is the one thing? If I could narrow it down to one thing, look at all those characteristics. God, what, what's the one thing right now that if I could focus in on that in 2019, it would change everything? You hear us, all the time talk about just taking one step closer. Just take one step. Just one step. Not 10 steps, not 20 steps, just one step. Just take one step. Today, I'm challenging you, just take one step. So Father, right now, across this room, God, those who are listening online, I pray right now that you would just focus our hearts to that one thing. God, that this week, as people begin walking through this process, saying, God, who is it that I'm, I'm wanting to become? And really, as they really soul search, as they really dig in, this is who I want to be at the end of 2019. These are the characteristics. 
I believe, God, as we walk through that process, God, of becoming rather than doing, I believe, God, that we'll be able to focus in on one thing. So, God, I pray, focus our heart on one thing. Help us to take one step closer today. Maybe today you're in this room and you find yourself far from God. You may say, well, Pastor Brian, what does that even look like, being far from God? Maybe you've never asked Jesus into your life. Maybe you've never asked him to be Lord. And, and, and if you were to try to do this and even ask these questions, it would be really difficult. Because apart from Christ, man, it's a hard road. But with Christ and through Christ, we can accomplish all things. And so if you're here today in this room and you find yourself far from Christ, I just, I just want you to hear this. God is crazy, madly in love with you. He loves you right where you are. He has a plan and purpose for your life. He's a good father. And he has freedom for you. Freedom from sin, freedom from the addiction, freedom from those struggles. He's, he's got freedom for you. And it's in a gift. It's called salvation. And that gift is a free gift. You don't have to earn it. It's just a free gift that he's given to you because he loves you, because he's a good father. And he's looking at you right now and he's saying, listen, I have this free gift. Will you receive it? And that's all you have to do is receive it, to say, Jesus, I receive your gift of salvation. Forgive me of my sins. Change my life. And in that moment, God will do that. That's the beauty of the gospel, the good news, is that you don't have to earn it. He freely gives it. So if that's you today, I'm, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand this week or anything. I'm just going to ask you right where you are in your seat, just between you and God. Would you just right now just say, Lord, would you forgive me? Would you change my life? Would you give me a hope and a future? Forgive me. Here's what I know is that by you asking the Lord to do that very thing, that he is faithful and will do that in you. And if you've asked him for that, he has forgiven you. And there is hope and there is joy that has come in this moment because you've simply asked. And he's a good father. And he loves you. So God, right now, I just pray for every person who prayed that prayer, who just had that conversation with you. I pray, God, that that conversation would be a conversation that would stick in their life from here on. That, Father, today they would experience who you are because you're a good Father who loves them, who's meeting with them right where they are. So God, we love you and we thank you. We pray that you'd be with us this week. God, as we go about looking at these questions, who we want to become, these characteristics, as we're writing these things down. I pray, God, that you would be with us in each and every one of those moments. And God, that you would help us to be able to focus in on just one thing, one word of who we're going to become in 2019. In Jesus' name, amen.